This is the Doubles Only Tennis Podcast, where you learn the best tips and strategies in the world to help you become a smarter, more effective tennis player. You'll hear interviews with pro tour doubles players and coaches, including easy-to-use lessons to improve your game and win more matches. My name is Will Bocek, founder of the Tennis Tribe, doubles strategy coach, and host of the show. Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode. Uh, before we get started, um, real quick, I wanted to mention that I am recording this uh, with not my normal microphone. Uh, I'm recording this through my headset, so um, I apologize if the audio sounds a little bit worse than normal, um, but I'm on the road and wanted to get this recorded, um, but I don't have my normal mic with me. So, uh, Anyways, hopefully um, everything sounds okay. But today uh, we're going to be talking about how to play in the wind. So over the last uh, six weeks or so, I've been playing in a mixed doubles league around the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and it has been super windy uh, every single time we've been out there. Uh, And I've kind of learned a lot just experimenting and uh, trying different things. Um, in this league uh, and playing in the wind. And I wanted to talk about that uh, today. There's a lot of um, advice out there for playing in the wind. Uh, Some of it I like, some of it I don't like. Uh, So I just wanted to share my thoughts. Um, A a lot of, um, you know, times I've mentioned in the podcast previously uh, how coaches like to give, you know, blanket advice. Um, You know, if it's windy, this is what you need to do. Uh, and again, I want us all to kind of get out of that mindset of like, there's one way to handle a certain situation. Um, cause there's not, uh, so there's not one set way to play in the wind. Um, but I'm going to kind of share what I think you should consider, um, and kind of weigh that against your own strengths and weaknesses and your own game and your opponents and so on. So, um, again, uh, yeah, there's not one like way you have to play this way in the wind. Um, But here's what uh, you should consider. So the first thing we need to think about is how does wind affect tennis? Um, And the main thing it affects is the ball, right? It moves the ball uh, in directions that it wouldn't normally move if we were playing uh, in indoor, uh, at indoor courts. So, um, thinking about how it affects the ball. So it affects the ball more when the ball slows down, obviously. So when the ball has a bunch of speed, uh, if there's a gust of wind, it's not going to be quite as affected. Uh, The other time it's not affected as much is if the ball has a lot of spin on it. So you've probably heard a lot of coaches say, you know, play with more margin, hit with more spin if it's windy um, and you'll be uh, more accurate with your shots. So spin reduces the effect of wind and then speed of the ball reduces the effect of wind. So uh, we want to think about that as we consider um, how we should be playing in the wind. Uh, if the ball doesn't have any spin, it's if you hit really flat, um, it's kind of like a knuckleball in baseball. So if you know baseball, um, there's very, very few pitchers who can throw a knuckleball. But uh, if you can, it's really hard to hit because the ball just kind of dances in the air. It moves. Um, unpredictably, uh, because the wind affects it a lot since it doesn't have any spin. So um, if you're able to hit the ball pretty flat, it can kind of mess with the opponents, and we'll we'll talk about that uh, here shortly. 
So the other thing we need to think about is there's different types of wind. So, you know, when you're out there on the court, you need to know, is the wind behind me? Is the wind uh, coming into my face? Or is it a crosswind? Or um, more typically, some combination of the two. So uh, you want to know where the wind is going and how it's going to affect the ball. So if the wind's into you, obviously, uh, you're able to hit out a little bit more. If the wind is behind your back, you might need to hit with more spin. Um, or hit the ball a little bit shorter, uh, things like that. So, you know, when you step out onto the court, even before your warm-up, uh, you need to think about, okay, where's the direction of the wind? Uh, talk with your doubles partner. Do you like to serve with the wind? Do you like to serve against the wind? Um, so that way y'all can practice uh, playing from the baseline um, on your specific side that you're going to be uh, playing on. So um, think about that before you get out there. Uh, and then next, I want to talk about technique and then strategy. So um, I'm, I'm trying to kind of break down these podcasts uh, into the two categories um, to make this a little bit simpler. Uh, and the first thing we'll talk about here is um, how your technique should change in the wind. So the first thing to think about is your backswing. So in the wind, uh, I recommend shortening your backswing as much as possible. When you have a big backswing, um, think about like Dominic Team's forehand or uh, something like that, and, and you're taking this big loop, you're kind of relying on the ball to keep a true path for a longer time period versus if you have a shorter backswing, um, you're waiting a little bit longer to start your backswing. You don't have to start it quite as early. Um, so you're not relying on the ball to to kind of stay true to its path for quite as long of a time period. And in the wind, if you're relying on the ball to stay stay true for a longer time period, then there's uh, more of a chance for the wind to affect that ball. So you're more likely to shank the ball a little bit more or um, miss hit it or, or you know, even totally whiff, uh, which um, I did on a return a few weeks ago. So shortening that backswing will help you uh, help you make a little bit cleaner contact. So uh, that's one thing you can do if, if you're comfortable with it. Another thing you really have to focus on, um, especially on approach shots or any balls that are uh, kind of floated, um, lobs, overheads, things like that, you have to take a lot more steps. Really focus on your footwork, uh, even more so in the wind. So you want to kind of exaggerate your steps because that ball, again, as it slows down, the wind's going to be uh, affecting it more and more, um, and it might change direction, you know, last second as it slows down. So more steps is really important. Um, you really want to make sure you, you get in position there. Uh, and then another thing, um, this is what a lot of coaches teach. I think it's true. Um, hitting with more spin can help as well. Uh, that, you know, depending on your skill level, you may not be able to manipulate the spin as much. Um, but if you are capable of that, if you can hit uh, a little bit heavier of a forehand or backhand, um, or if you can hit more of a kick or slice serve, uh, that will help the wind affect it a little bit less. Um, another option there, if you can't hit with more spin, is to, uh, and you can use some combination of this, um, that's, that's what I do when I'm out there playing in the wind, uh, you can take the ball early. So taking the ball early, stepping forward, uh, that means you're going to be taking the ball when it's moving a little bit faster. It's not going to have as much time to slow down. 
the wind's going to be affecting it a little less. Uh, in this case, you're going to kind of be forced to take a shorter backswing because you're moving forward, you're taking the ball early. Um, so, you know, a good strategy would be to take it early, um, hit the ball back, and then get it uh, get into the net so that um, the wind is not affecting the ball as much. So those are the, some of the things uh, technically you can do to help um, kind of minimize the uh, the odds of a miss hit or the odds of a, a missed shot um, or, or hitting the ball off your frame. Uh, some of those common things that the wind um, forces. Uh, as far as the serve technique in the wind, the big thing is just keeping your toss a little bit lower. Um, I was playing a few weeks ago and, and one of uh, the opponents on the other team uh, on a different court, she had a really, really high ball toss and she didn't make any adjustments, even though it was super windy. So she um, double faulted a lot. She had to catch her toss a lot, um, things like that. And you really want to try to keep your ball toss as low as possible. So um, I'll talk a little bit more about that in the strategy section because I've got some ideas on serve strategy. But um, keeping the ball toss low uh, will definitely you know, minimize the odds that uh, the wind affects it. So next we'll talk about strategy in the wind. So what does the wind do? It, it makes you much more likely to miss. Uh, it makes it more difficult to hit, uh, hit a winner, especially from the baseline. So the overall strategy, kind of the general principle, um, and this is true of, of you know, general double strategy, but it, it's even more emphasized in the wind, is just don't be the team that misses. Uh, play um, relatively conservatively and just make sure that you don't miss and try to make the other team a little bit more uncomfortable. So you have to weigh this against how good your team is compared to the other. If the other team's just a, a higher level team than you, if you're, say, a 4-0 team and you're playing against a 4-5 team, uh, then you might have to take a little bit more risk. Um, but in general, in the wind, you want to take a little bit less risk uh, and you want to be um, really focused on just not missing because the wind is going to make you much more likely to miss. So how do we do that? Um, like I said, it's more difficult to hit winners from the baseline. The wind's going to be affecting uh, not only um, your chances of hitting a clean ball, but it's also going to be affecting uh, the ball after you hit it. So if you try to hit the ball down the line, the wind might take it wide or take it long. Um, so it's a lot more uh, difficult to hit some of those winners. So one thing I like to focus on is, is just getting forward and getting to the net. Uh, when I've played recently in some of these matches, uh, other than returns, I've almost never hit over the ball. Um, and what I mean by that is hitting uh, a clean kind of top spin forehand or backhand ground stroke from the baseline. What I've been doing instead is serving and volleying, returning and volleying, or if I do stay back, if I have to go back for um, a lob or something like that, uh, and I do have to hit a ground stroke, usually I'll just kind of take the ball early, step in, try to take it on the rise or take a, a volley or half volley if I can, keep a continental grip and just kind of bump the ball back or slice it back. And because I've stepped forward so much, the opposing net player is going to have trouble poaching off that. Uh, and I'm able to keep the other opponent back at the baseline. Um, so I step forward, I kind of bunt it back cross corridor to whoever's at the baseline, and then I kind of rush the net to apply some pressure. 
Um, so getting forward is, is a good strategy in the wind. Uh, again, part of that is going to be um, taking the ball early as well as, you know, once you're at the net, uh, that ball's not going to slow down if the opponent's hitting a ground stroke. It's going to have more speed going over the net. So it's going to be a little bit easier to make clean contact on a volley than it is um, from the baseline once that ball has slowed down when the wind is more likely to uh, kind of change direction of the ball. Um, so think about that. Um, if that is, you know, fits your game style, if you can kind of bunt or slice the ball um, to the baseline player and come into the net, that's a good strategy. Uh, it's also kind of tough to lob once you do get to the net. So if you think about it, um, let's assume there's some element of uh, north-south wind or wind either into you or behind your back. So if the wind's into you and you're up at the net, uh, if the opponent lobs you, that lob's probably going to go long. Uh, if they leave it short, then you have time to kind of get back and, and play that overhead. Um, if the wind is behind you and your opponent is lobbing into the wind, uh, it's going to be really tough for them to get the ball over your head and you not be able to get to it because the the wind is going to be knocking it down. So you'll have plenty of time to get back there. Um, the wind will knock it down for you. You can let it bounce, run around it, and hit a ground stroke. So it should be pretty easy to get to uh, get to the ball if the opponent does uh, lob you. It's just really difficult to lob in the wind. Now, that said, uh, there are certain ways to lob in the wind, and I see people um, – not not really get this. Uh, I, I've played, like I said, three or four of these mixed matches um, over the last six weeks, and uh, people have trouble with the lob in the wind. And there is kind of a, a key to doing this um, that I've learned over the last few years. So if you are with the wind, if the wind is behind you, what you want to do is lob the ball really high and leave it really short. So if you think about that, you're back at the baseline, the wind's behind you, lob it way up in the air and make it land at the net or even on your side of the net. And what's going to happen is, you know, with no wind, that ball lands, let's say on your side of the net and you lose the point. But with the wind behind you, that wind's going to take it. And because you've lobbed it so high, the opponent's unlikely to take it out of the air. Um, and if they do, they're unlikely to make the overhead because it's, it's coming, uh, at a pretty good speed because you've lobbed it so high. So they're going to let it bounce and the wind's going to take it. And let's say it's not a great lob. It lands at the uh, service line. It's going to bounce and it's going to bounce up really high again. And it has so much momentum going back towards the opponent's fence that they're going to end up having to hit that overhead uh, off the bounce after the ball bounces at the service or at the baseline, maybe even behind that. If it turns out it's a good lob and it lands within, say, three feet of the baseline and you lobbed it really high, they're not going to be taking the overhead out of the air again from the you know, three feet inside the baseline. So they let it bounce. They almost have to take it on the rise in this case because if they let it bounce and go up again, that wind's going to keep taking it and it's probably going to hit the top of the fence. I've even had, lo had lobs uh, go over the fence in this case. Um, a few weeks ago, I had one. Um, that I hit, as soon as I hit it, I could tell without windy conditions, it was going to land on my side of the net, but I hit it really high in the air. It landed one or two feet inside the baseline 
and then it hit the top of the fence and the opponents couldn't didn't even touch the ball they couldn't do anything about it so again the wind behind you lob it really high uh, and leave it really short just in the center of the court very high margin uh, very low risk now if you're against the wind if you're lobbing into the wind you have to keep it low and just drive the ball and let the wind knock it down. Now, in this case, it's it's unlikely to be um, a winner. It's unlikely for the opponent to, to not be able to get to the ball. Um, but if they're crowding the net, which is a really good strategy, uh, if your opponents are hitting into the wind, um, it's a good way to kind of get out of that baseline versus net uh, disadvantage. So if you drive the ball low, um, again, take, stepping forward and taking time away from the opponent uh, is good in this scenario. And you drive it low, you get it over their heads, let the wind kind of knock it down on the baseline. They're going to have to run back and get it. And what you should be doing in that case is, is running towards the net. As soon as you know that lob's over their head and they're going to have to run back and get it, go ahead and move forward, uh, get to the net, um, and they're going to be at a disadvantage at that point. So that's, that's how you lob in the wind. Uh, a lot of people don't. Um, don't get that right, but it's very, very effective uh, if you can practice it um, and get it right there. Uh, so what about ser uh, serve and return strategy? So um, let's start with the returns. Um, again, if the wind is into you or uh, behind you, you really have to adjust your position. Uh, and even if there's a crosswind, you're going to have to adjust your position depending on the speed uh, of the serve coming in. So. Uh, what I had to do a few weeks ago, the wind was um, kind of a north-south wind. Uh, the opponents, um, the guy had a pretty big serve. The girl had uh, a little bit weaker serve. It might have been like a 9-0 team with a 5-0 and a 4-0 or something. And uh, the guy in the first set was serving with the wind. So we had to step way back. I had to get almost halfway between the, the baseline and the fence to return his serve because a, it already had pace because he had a really good serve, and then the wind uh, made it, you know, get to us a little bit sooner. It got even more pace, so it picked up pace um, as it went. So we had to step way, way, way back, and then the girl was serving uh, into the wind, so we had to step. I, I had to step inside the baseline, so it was an adjustment of almost maybe six, eight feet uh, between the guys and the girl's serve, uh, just because of the wind direction. And then what happened in the second set is uh, they switched serve sides. So the girl started serving uh, with the wind, and she had kind of a low slice serve that um, into the wind, it really held up, and the ball was almost moving back in their direction uh, by the time we made contact. So it was almost a drop shot serve. But with the wind, that low slice serve moved through the court really fast, uh, and it kind of came up onto you really quickly. So we had to um, in the first set, I was taking the return, you know, two, three, four feet inside the baseline. And then after that, I had to take it two, three, four feet behind the baseline. So I had to make an adjustment of almost, you know, six to eight feet um, on the girl's serve there. And on the guy's serve, it was very similar. Um, so you really want to think about the direction of the wind and you really have to step forward. If they have a really slow serve, uh, you do not want to get caught where, um, they're acing you with a drop shot serve uh, by accident, which um, I'm sure you all have seen that before. I've seen it a number of times over the last several months. Um, so really focus on your footwork. Get forward if you're 
uh, if you're returning with the wind behind you. Uh, for serve strategy, um, like I said before, talk with your partner before you even warm up so that you can serve on your preferred side with or against the wind. Um, if there's a crosswind, think about, um, especially if you have a lefty on your team, think about that crosswind and how you can take advantage of that. So if there's a crosswind going um, across uh, on one side uh, across the ad court, if you can have that lefty slide serve in the ad court and let the wind take it even more, that's a huge advantage. And then on the opposite side, you have that righty slice serve in the deuce court. So on both sides, you have a very comfortable slice serve that's going to get them totally out of position. So that's that's a really big advantage. But as far as a, a north-south wind, um, if you're into the wind or against the wind, talk with your partner. Figure out who um, likes to serve with or against the wind. Um, what I'd probably recommend, if you're comfortable hitting more of a kick or spin serve uh, with a lot of margin, you can serve with the wind because you're able to kind of dip the ball down and let the wind uh, take it and generate speed from that. If you have more of a flat serve uh, and you have trouble kind of getting the ball um, up and over and to dip down, you might want to serve with the wind. Uh, but test out, you know, what's comfortable for you. Um, talk with your partner and you can figure that out. Uh, another thing you might consider, um, like I said earlier, the ball toss is really difficult. A lot of people double fault more. They blame the wind. Uh, really, everybody's got to play with the wind, so you can't use it as an excuse. So one thing I've actually done over the last three or four matches is I've actually done some underhand serves, and that's okay. Uh, if you've already double faulted once or twice in your service game and you really don't want to double fault um, for a second serve or, or even a first serve to catch them by surprise, uh, you can do an underhand serve just to make sure you don't give away a free point. Um, that's really, really crucial uh, in the wind because it, it, it's kind of an area that you can gain an advantage over your opponent because odds are they are going to be double faulting. They're not going to be making the adjustments that you will. Um, hopefully after listening uh, to this podcast and an underhand serve is a great way to, to just make sure you don't double fault and also throw off your opponent. Um, so the past several weeks, I've actually been practicing them in warmups. Uh, and what I've been doing is uh, serving into the wind, because if you hit that underhand serve, the wind will really knock it down. And if they're kind of back at the baseline, they're going to have trouble getting up to the ball. Uh, so I've been practicing, I hit the underhand serve with kind of uh, some spin. So I take the racket face kind of, I'm right-handed. So I take the racket face kind of across my body, uh, right to left and hit kind of a, a slice out wide in the ad court um, or up the tee in the deuce court uh, underhand spin serve. And the key with that is to keep it low so that they have to move forward. Uh, if you can keep it to their backhand, great. If not, that's okay. Uh, but the key is to make sure that they're hitting the ball uh, from below the height of the net, and they have to lift the ball up. And I like to do it and serve and volley, come forward. That way, if they're hitting the ball up, I have a nice, high, easy volley on my next shot. Um, typically, you want to force them to hit that return cross court, so the net player shouldn't necessarily be poaching off that unless they just have a good read or maybe – if you're up 40 love and want to take a risk. Um, but typically you want to make them hit that ball uh, cross court. Um, the net player can do a fake if you want to, if you're um, ready for that. 
but you want to make sure, again, that they're hitting the ball up from the below the height of the net. And the net player should be reading that. If they, you know, if, if it's not a good serve and they have a high forehand up by their shoulder, you probably want to be backing up, playing for more of a defensive volley. Uh, but if they're going to be lifting the ball, you can close off the net uh, pretty hard and, and kind of force them to hit, uh, hit that ball cross court. Um, so anyways, again, the key here, don't double fault. Um, hit an underhand serve if you need to, uh, and don't be ashamed of it. It's, uh, you know, it's totally within the rules, and it's, it's part of your game um, if you want it to be. Uh, another strategy you can use for the serve is eye formation. So eye formation can be really good um, either with a crosswind or uh, if the opponent has the wind um, really with them or against them. Uh, but really, if, if it's behind them, um, they're going to have trouble hitting that return and getting the ball up over the net and then down into the court because you've shortened the court for them and you've made them hit the ball higher uh, because they're hitting it over the higher part of the net. So if the wind's behind them, uh, they'll probably miss a lot of returns in that case, long uh, or into the net. Um, and if there's a crosswind, they might miss some wide. So eye formation can be a great way to uh, kind of narrow that window for the opponent um, and then change the direction of the net player uh, as far as which way they go. But um, for the most part, what I've been doing is, is playing that eye formation in the ad court so that I have a forehand ground stroke uh, or a forehand volley if I'm going to serve in volley. And then keeping my partner kind of left and center. And you can really give them that short angle. Um, in my experience, they never go for it. Uh, and if they hit it, it's going to be a very low percentage shot. So eye formation can uh, be a good strategy there as well. So um, that's it for this episode. Hopefully this helps you next time uh, you're out there playing in the wind. Again, I know there's a lot to consider. Um, if you do have any questions, you can always reach out to me. Um, any questions about double strategy, playing in the wind, whatever it may be, uh, my email is will at thetennistribe.com. Uh, and don't forget to sign up for our uh, double strategy newsletter that goes out every Thursday as well um, at thetennistribe.com. So um, that is it for this one, and I will talk to you in the next episode. If you're a doubles player, you'll love our weekly doubles newsletter. Every Thursday, we send you doubles tips and strategies to help you improve your game and become a smarter player. When you sign up, you'll get a free 10-page guide on how to play with more confidence and dominate at the net in doubles. You can go to thetennistribe.com to sign up now.